it's like that one meme where the building is on fire and it's just that one dog that's just sitting around and he's just like this is fine i feel like this accurately describes wcw at this point in time Happy New Year, everybody! Welcome to the Wrestle Ramble, the podcast that discusses WCW Thunder in the year 2000. I am your host, Angelus Walker, better known as Cyber Angelus X over on YouTube, but you can call me AJ for short. And I am so excited to have a fresh start to the new year. And these last couple of days, you know, I've I've been feeling like I've, I've had an itch, like I've been ready to to get back into content creativity. And I've been having so much fun with everything that I did in 2023. And I actually want to take a second right now to thank everybody. I would like to thank everybody that has listened to every episode of the Wrestle Ramble that we have done so far here on the podcast. I it means so much to me, and I don't think I could ever exactly paint a picture for how much it means to me that people actually enjoy the content that I put out. And it it lets me know that it was all worth it. And not only just the podcast, just everything creative-wise that I've done in 2023, you know, with relaunching my YouTube channel, getting sponsored. That's something that I never thought would happen or at least wouldn't happen for a while. And actually on that topic, real quick, I want to send a special thank you and a special shout out to our partner and sponsor here on the Wrestle Ramble. I'd like to say thank you to W Energy for allowing us to have the opportunity to go on to create something that's that's so big and so beautiful and just to have that ability to share it with everybody and even more exciting news on Christmas Eve I actually ended up getting another sponsor it was actually over on Twix which if you don't know that's what I called Twitter or X whatever it's called nowadays I saw a tweet from the glitch energy Twitter and they were very similar to what happened with, with W Energy. They're looking for new content creators, new live streamers, and just creative people in general to partner with. And so I said, you know what? Let's shoot our shot. They're, if they're willing to, to give us the opportunity, let's see what we can make happen. And I'm actually working on getting my account set up, and I should have that available within the time frame of me creating the next episode of the Wrestle Ramble. So on that next episode, I will have a discount code for you guys to use if you would like. Um, right now, if you would like to get 10% off of your order for W Energy, use code WrestleRamble. And I would greatly appreciate you for that. And I feel like I just, I have a lot of good things going for me. And I feel like I have a lot of momentum going into the year. So I want to make the most of that and use that use that momentum to create so much more here in 2024. And I really feel like this year is going to be a beautiful year, not just for myself, because I do have a lot of things on the back end that I'm also working on, but I feel like this is just going to be a really good year in general. And I'm really excited that you guys are coming along with me for this journey. Now, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed your Christmas. I hope you guys are enjoying your, your new year. But without further ado, we're not going to waste any more time getting into this Thunder episode because whoo, I say, ooh. What in the world? There's so much that happened on this episode. There's so much to talk about, so much we're going to dive into. Ah, I miss this, man. I miss this so much. I had to take a little bit of a break over Christmas break. You know, I also got a little sick. So if I sound congested, I'm so sorry. I am getting better slowly but surely. So hopefully I'll be able to 
record the next episode and not sound so congested. But this is what we have to work with right now. This is it right here. We're in the thick of it. Sickness or no sickness, we're in there. We're recording. We got videos going out. I got other things I'm working on. I have a website that I'm working on. There's so much that I'm working on, and I'm so excited to be able to work on everything and show you guys. But that's another topic for another time. That's another topic. But right now, we're going to get into this Thunder episode because, ooh, I say, ooh, this was a doozy, folks. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and jump into Thunder because Mondays and the new year is for the boys. And with that being said, let's jump into WCW Thunder from February 9th, 2000. So we kick off the show with a Nitro recap because did you expect anything less? We're always going to kick off Thunder with a recap of Nitro, always and forever. It's like SmackDown in in 2012, 2013, whenever it was that time period where it was literally just a recap of Raw. Same deal here, okay? So we get the Nitro recap. Jeff Jarrett says, since I'm still acting commissioner, and I say, ah, here we go. We, it's about to be something. As soon as he started with that line, I knew it was going to be some bullshit. But nevertheless, he says, since I'm still acting commissioner, he says, Sid, you have to do what I say. And he says he's going up against a guy that bleeds black and white, Scott Hall. And that's the main event for tonight's episode of Nitro. Looking to soften up Sid for their match at Super Bowl because, of course, evil tactics. He's a dastardly heel, is Jeff Jarrett. So the next shot, the next shot is Mean Gene interviewing David Flair, Crowbar, and Daphne. And apparently, David's been signed by Jeff Jarrett to an I Quit match against, get this, middle-aged and crazy Terry Funk. Funk says, I'm going to give you one chance, David, to say I quit. And David says, yeah. Arn Anderson says, Funk didn't have to make an example of the 20-year-old David. And Rick didn't have to let it happen. Arn says he's going to bow out. Luger called out Hulk Hogan because, whew, okay. If I'm going to be real, this whole episode, and I'm pretty sure I've said this before, WCW in WCW in general in 2000 just felt like such a fever dream. Part of me really just feels like this is all a figment of my imagination and Hulk Hogan wasn't even really in WCW in 2000. So Luger calls Hogan out. He says he's going to bring his best friend out and of course he's talking about Jimmy Hart. Lex racks his ass puts his hands in between the steel chair and then steps on it. Next shot is Mean Gene interviewing Terry Taylor. And he says that this hogwash with Jeff Jarrett as commissioner will be over soon. Terry says, fuck it. We can't change the participants, but we can change the stipulation. And so he makes Sid versus Scott Hall for the belt. The ref gets knocked down. And to no surprise, Jeff Jarrett comes out. To turn his back on Scott Hall? What? So Hall hits the outsider's edge. Jarrett and Hall argue for a minute. And then Jeff hits Hall with a guitar and he pulls Sid over Hall for Sid to retain the belt. Jeff tells the Harris boys, you're either with me or you're with that bitch Scott Hall. <laughs> this was such a quick turn of events and I'm not even kidding. It's like... NWO is on top of the world. They have Brett. They have Scott Hall. They have Scott Steiner. They have Kevin Nash. You know, they're running WCW. Bret Hart goes down with an injury. I'm pretty sure Scott Steiner is injured. Hall is here. And then Nash goes down with an injury. And so they're like, you know, how can we keep this interesting? How can we keep this relevant? I know. Let's have the most just 
chaos in the NWO. Let's just have them break down essentially from the inside out. And let's just have Jeff go on a tirade and say, I'm the dick and balls of WCW. I run this. And all of you bitches, all of you slap nuts have to fall in line. So now we go to the start of the show. Jeff Jarrett arrives with the Harris boys. Hall arrives by himself. We're live from the Myriad in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And we're showing a graphic for the Cruiserweight title tournament. Psychosis, Faux Tamatonga, Lash LaRue, and Shannon Moore remain. First matchup, three count comes down because of course they do. They got to get their 30 minutes of fame in. Evan says this one's for the ladies, so hit the beat that'll move your feet. Lash LaRue says fuck your song and just spares all of us from that musical travesty. I like Think Count's music. I like Three Count's music. Well, they're one song specifically. Everything else, I don't know about that one, Chief. So Sugar Shane Helms gets a shot on Lash as he's on the apron and he's trying to get into the ring. Lash pulls Evans out. Shane follows out and then they get a couple of shots on Lash. They hold him in place at the front of the ring. So Shannon can hit a springboard acai moonsault top rope style to the outside. Beautiful by Shannon Moore. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. I don't think I have that kind of athleticism. But hey, you know, we can hold out for a dream and a half. But who knows if it'll actually happen. Back in the ring now. Shannon catches Lash with a slingshot splash coming in. And it goes into a pinfall, but it only gets a two count. I'm so sorry if I sound congested. I've had just the worst drainage these past couple days, so I'm so sorry. Shannon goes to Irish Whip Lash in the corner, but he reverses. As Shannon is going into the corner, he scales the ropes, and then he leaps back down into a wheelbarrow position, but Lash catches him, thwarts him, brings him back up, and then drops him face first from the turnbuckle. Lash hits a version of the cradle shock almost, and then he goes for a pinfall, but Evan distracts the referee. Sugar Shane gets in and super kicks Lash, and they go for a double clothesline, but Lash ducks underneath with the splits, and then he takes them both down with a clothesline of his own. He drop kicks Evan off the apron. He then Irish whips Shannon into the buckle, but Shannon reverses. Lash floats over and then goes into a roll-up, and he gets the three count on Shannon Moore. Three count immediately attacks. Norman Smiley makes his way down to the ring to fend him off. And commentary says, at the pay-per-view, it'll be a one-on-three handicap match with Norman Smiley taking on all three members of Three Count. He cuts a promo and he calls them Spice Girls. And he says, let's get jiggy in San Francisco. I didn't mention it earlier, but no Tony Schiavone or Scott Hudson this week. This week, we actually get the new commentary team of Mike Tenay and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And then there's a random shot of the ring because here, just in case you wanted an up-close shot, just to know what the ring looks like, here you go. Mike says, don't worry about us being a two-man team. Sometimes there's more people out here than there are microphones. And if that is not the God's honest truth, because whoo. It gets a little bit crowded on commentary sometimes. So we run down the card to see what we can expect on tonight's show. Bam Bam Bigelow is apparently going up against the Kiss Demon. Booker T goes up against Stevie Ray. Lane and Idol make their debut against the tag team champions, the Italian mob, the Mamelukes. We'll hear from Ric Flair about his match with Terry Funk at Super Brawl. And apparently, we can also expect to see Booker T versus Big T for the Harlem Heat's right at Super Bowl. Next shot is just Jeff and the falling apart NWO. Back from commercial now, the NWO music cues. This is quite an interesting version of the NWO, if I do say so myself. Now, out of all the versions that come to mind whenever you say NWO, the original, of course, the Wolfpack, even this 2000 variation. 
I don't really picture Jeff Jarrett and the Harris brothers coming out to the NWO music whenever I hear the name NWO. Now, I know Brett is injured, but is Scott Steiner also injured? Now, I know that Kevin Nash is also injured, but where's Scott? So Jeff cuts a promo. He says Scott Hall was trying to go into business for himself, and he was trying to pass him by and take his title shot. Don't know that I entirely agree with that, but hey, delusional heel has got to be delusional. And so he makes a tag match for the night, and he says, Sid, you're going to go up against the Harris boys, and Terry Funk, middle-aged and crazy as he may be, is going to be your tag team partner. He says, hit my music, but then the Wolfpack music starts, because apparently Hall still uses this. Hall cuts a promo and he says, hey yo, bleach blonde country bumpkin, we had some good laughs, you know, we made a lot of money, we sold tickets, we sold the house, we rocked the house up north, but then you came down here and now you're getting a little bit too big for your britches. He says, Jeff is out here acting like he runs the show and quite frankly, Jeff, you don't have as much stroke and as much pull as you think you do. Scott says that you're just the acting commissioner until the real deal gets back. And he says, while we're on that topic, while we're on that note, let me introduce you to the real commissioner of WCW, Kevin Nash. So, are they the good guys here? Question mark? He comes up on the Tron and he says, where you been, Jeff? Been trying to call you for three days now. I can't leave you kids alone for five minutes. And no matter, because Jeff, you are no longer the acting commissioner of WCW. And he says, you know, I have to go back to, I have to go back to the first appearance of Spider-Man in Amazing Fantasy number 15 to quote, with great power comes great responsibility. Kevin Nash is just quoting (laughs) Spider-Man And I, sure, I never really pictured Kevin Nash for the type to quote the Spider-Man comics, but, you know, to each their own. Okay. That's just so far out of the realm of what I would expect to see from somebody like Kevin Nash. But, hey, sure, if it works, it works. He says he thought about putting barbecue sauce on Jeff and locking him in a padded room with Ming. What the fuck? Or put him on a deserted island with Lazari. Or put him on a deserted island with Larry Zabisco so he can tell him all about how he was on top of the territories. <laughs> Such an unnecessary shot at Larry Zabisco, and I love it. He makes. Scott Hall versus Jeff Jarrett for tonight. And he says the winner of that match will then go on to the pay-per-view to wrestle Sid Vicious for the heavyweight championship of the world. Scott says, let's take a survey. He says, who came here to see the outsiders? Crowd goes crazy. (laughs) Just absolutely fucking love the outsiders now, apparently, because they're just baby faces now, I guess. And then he says, who came here? To see Jeff Jarrett, and to no surprise, boo, slap nuts, boo, you stink, boo. Back from commercial now, Jeff and the Harris boys are throwing a hissy fit backstage, apparently. Bam Bam Bigelow is out next. Absolutely love that WCW Hardcore Championship. Some weird graphics effect happens on the screen. No idea what that was about. But then we go to a Nitro highlight, and Fit Finley apparently was a special guest referee, and he hit Brian Knobs with a chair, and then fast counts Bam Bam Bigelow to winning the Hardcore Championship. Back out to the ring now, the Bammer is throwing some toys in the ring, and I don't even know why he did this, because the next shot is the Demon's Entrance beginning. And so, the announcer, he says representing the rock band KISS, and I perk up for a second. I say, huh? 
I say, whoops, you're telling me this jabroni is representing the rock band Kiss? It's a hell of a representative you got there, buddy. But hey, you do you. As the demon is making his entrance coming out of the coffin, Bam Bam Bigelow meets him coming out and he says, hey, how's it going? Cleans his fucking clock with a kendo stick and immediately gets the win. I kid you not, this match was 2.5 seconds. I could not have went to go get a cup of coffee. Hell, I could not have went to go take a piss and then come back and that still have this match going on. This was one of those blink and you miss it scenarios. So Bam Bam cleans his clock with a kendo stick, gets the three count, retains the hardcore championship. Knobs tries to come out with a trash can, but he gets thwarted by Bam Bam. Bam Bam hits Brian with the can, and then he targets the arm that Luger attacked. Bam Bam then grabs the belt, and then he just starts walking towards the back because, <laughs> fuck it, I have beer to drink. Gene interviews Sid and Funk. Apparently, some people didn't agree with the way that Ric Flair did things on Nitro because we're just telling people what to do with their grown children now. Okay. Sid says some crazy Sid things, and that's about all you would expect from this promo. It wasn't really anything extraordinary. CCK's accountant is here with Harlem Heat because reasons, or excuse me, Harlem Heat 2.0. And he says Booker isn't getting out tonight, tomorrow, or any other night. Big T says, is that all? Is that it? Because I'm going to go get something to eat. I'm kind of hungry. What you want? You know, I might go get a rack of ribs or something. I looked at the, the time here. And I felt like I was a decent portion of the way through the show because so much had already happened. Nope. Look at the clock. Literally only 29 minutes in. I say, oof. Oof, this might be rough. Back from commercial now. Stevie and CCK's accountant come down to the ring. We're shown highlights from Nitro. Booker T has Biggs cornered and he takes a couple of shots at him. And then Booker T was just arrested and then that was just the end of that. Despite everything that CCK's accountant says, Booker is here. He makes his way down to the ring with Midnight, looking like he's a blues brother or the wall. And he comes down with the most god-awful music that I have ever heard. It literally sounds like it should be in a schnitzel commercial. Booker says he'll deal with Stevie at another time, but right now he wants to get his hands on CCK's accountant. So Stevie attacks Booker as he's about to go outside to the ring because Biggs is sitting on commentary. Booker takes down Stevie with a couple of roundhouse kicks in the ring, and then he goes after Biggs once again. He makes his way out to the ring. He gets a couple of shots on Biggs. Biggs is trying to crawl away over the commentary desk. He's trying to crawl away over the commentary desk. And Booker is like, mm, where are you going? Bring that ass here, boy. And so Booker grabs a steel chair. He delivers a headshot to Stevie. And then he starts to head back up the ramp after just whooping Biggs' ass for a little bit. So I guess he just had enough. He's like, all right, we'll continue this on Nitro. Nash and Hall are on split screen now because, sure, Jeff Jarrett apparently spent $57,000 on guitar. Sweet cream on an ice cream sandwich. My fellow country brother, my, my, my fellow southern brother, how in blue blazes did you do that? How, Sway? 57K? On guitars? My guy, you just got banked like that? They just gave you access to the checkbooks like that? You had the bankroll like that? Hey, yo, help me pay my rent real quick. Nash says, what's going on with knobs? Like, what's going on with this? What's the story with this? 
Hall says that Finley was a special guest referee in Brian Nobbs versus the total package. And Finley just let him break his arm. He was, I couldn't be bothered to give a damn less. You want to break it? Sure. Hell, I'll break the other one. We'll go get a beer afterward. That work with you? Nash says, let's do the total package versus Fit Finley tonight. This match also lasted about as long as it takes for you to probably try and fall asleep for a nap or something. This match was shorter than my manager, okay? Let's, let's put it that way. Nash says, I was still loopy from the drugs the other day. Was I tripping? Or is Hulk Hogan actually back? We're then shown a graphic for Jeff Jarrett versus Scott Hall. That's your main event on Thunder for tonight. Crowbar and Daphne are shown walking backstage. Kidman, don't call him Billy, also here with Tori backstage. Coming back from commercial now, we're shown a graphic for Funk versus Flair in a death match at Super Brawl. And the boys are going to do it. I am fucking excited for that one because I know Ric Flair's crazy ass does some off the wall shit in that match. Especially in 2000, I fully expect Nature Boy to be bleeding within two seconds of the bell ringing. And then Terry Funk, Terry Funk, it's in his his shtick. He is middle-aged and crazy. I'm expecting the boys to do some bonkers shit in this death match at Super Brawl. And quite frankly, if they don't, I'm going to be just heartbroken and distraught. If I am being honest, take each other out back, whoop each other's ass to the fullest extent. That's what I want to see at Super Bowl. Gene says Hogan will be in New York for Nitro and he interviews Flair. Flair says, fuck Hogan. Who gives a shit about Hulk Hogan? Nature boy is here. And I'm going to. Whip your cowboy ass, Terry Funk, at the pay-per-view. Woo! As only I can. Styling and profiling. Woo! Kidman's out next. He beat the Kiss Demon on Nitro, which apparently that's just not hard to do. And apparently he was attacked by Crowbar because Crowbar is such a big Kiss fan. Because of course he is. You look like a Kiss fan. You look about as crazy you but you look about as cuckoo for cocoa puffs as the kiss fan you know what you look like you would actually dress up as the kiss demon for halloween that's what i would expect to see from crowbar and david flair and daphne daphne i don't even know what i would expect her to be david flair though and especially crowbar yeah yeah y'all about on par with what i would expect Kidman is on the attack out of the gate. Crowbar takes some bumps because fuck it. <laughs> Why not? He Kidman isn't even touching him. And Crowbar just takes back bumps. He takes two back bumps in this for literally no reason. Just take a bump, kid. Nick Patrick with mustache is back. Still absolutely crazy looking. They head to the outside. Crowbar... Drag, wait, what the hell? <laughs> I seem to have, <laughs> I made a mistake in my notes. I said crowbar drags crowbar. <laughs> That's not right. We're on the outside now. Crowbar moves around the ring. He moves the steel steps out of the way. And he stands on the guardrail and he does a splash on a kidman. Interesting offense from crowbar to say the very least but hey he's a few fries short of a happy meal so yeah that's on par you living up to the character crowbar goes up to the top rope for a cross body but he comes off the top and then kidman catches him with a beautiful drop kick almost randy orton-esque whenever randy orton does that drop kick and somebody's coming off the top rope i don't even know why i just love that I love how clean it looks, and I honestly kind of want to add it in my repertoire just a little bit whenever I start wrestling. Just saying, just saying. Kidman back up now. He springs off the buckle with a bulldog, dropping Crowbar. Crowbar quickly back up to his feet, though, 
and he picks him up for a body slam, but Kidman is able to shift his weight and he lands behind him. He picks his ass up and drops him for a sky high. I don't know, man. I love a good sky high. Between Billy Kidman, D'Lo Brown, and Mahabali Shearer, I think that's his name. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that. But between those three, man, I love me a good sky high. And especially when you get them all the way up there. Ooh, thing of beauty, baby. Crowbar hits a Northern Lights. But the ref is distracted by Tori, and apparently that's also just a common thing. Everybody is just distracted by Tori and Miss Hancock. So I'm guessing that those two are kind of like the Trish and Lita of WCW that just had everybody ranting and raving in the 2000s. Daphne hands Crowbar a lead pipe, and he goes up to the top rope. But before he can come down with it, Kidman has him scouted, well scouted, thwarts any attempt of that. Billy grabs the pipe and Crowbar tries to deliver a shot like he just tries to straight up punch him in the face. But Kidman actually blocks the shot with the forearm. And then he just swings for the fences with this pipe, taking the leg out from Crowbar, crotching him on the top rope. And then Kidman goes up to meet him, hits a Frankensteiner and then gets the three count. Crowbar on the outside just decides to beat himself up and throw himself into the steel steps for losing the match, apparently. He just needed a little bit more punishment, I guess. Backstage now, Jeff Jarrett and the Harris boys tell the women that's with them to pretty much go somewhere. Next shot is Sid and Funk walking backstage, looking like two badasses, of course. Back from commercial now, the graphics for Jeff Jarrett versus Scott Hall is shown once again, and they show it a couple of times throughout the rest of the night. So from here on out, I'm just going to say they show the Jarrett versus Hall graphics, and we'll, we'll call it there because they show this thing at least a handful of times throughout the night. The world champ is out first, and then we're shown some highlights from Nitro. We're shown Jeff hitting Hall with the guitar once again and him pulling Sid over him and retaining the world championship. Funk then comes out and we're shown more highlights from Nitro. We're shown David hitting Funk with the chair a couple of times. And then we're shown Funk pile driving David twice on the outside on the exposed floor and then also pile driving him through a table because we're just whooping David Flair's ass. That's just a running pastime. Just a fun pastime for the people in WCW in 2000, apparently. Running out of things to do. Want to come to the show, but you don't really know what you want to do. You don't really want to just hang out. Well, how about you come down to WCW where you can whoop David Flair's ass just for fun. Just because you feel like it. The Harris boys and Jeff Jarrett come out next. Jeff joins the commentary team. Sid just flat out hits one of the Harris brothers in the back with a steel chair in full view of the ref, and the ref just could not be bothered to give a shit less. Jeff on commentary says, Bobby, Bobby, you're an old fart. You've been around the biz for a long time. How in the hell can the committee and Kevin Nash think that they can do this to the chosen one, yours truly? Jeff Jarrett. Bobby says, I don't know. Um, and quite frankly, I'm not really sure I entirely care. <laughs> Out of the matches that have happened so far, honestly, this is the one that felt the most meh to me. Like I, I didn't really care too much about what was going on because honestly, this match really just felt like filler. It felt like it was just a means to an end to progress the story. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure what I think of Sid as the world champion. I I don't hate it, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm the biggest fan of him being the world champion, but hey, what can you do, I guess? I mean, I, it makes sense in the grand scheme when you kind of look at it because he was that second combatant in the match sold out 
Chris Benoit obviously won that match and became the world champion. But at the end of the night, he was just like, all right, I'm throwing up my deuces. Catch you on the flip. The grass is greener on the other side. I'm going to the World Wrestling Federation, baby. And uh, yeah, talk to you later. And so I guess I can kind of see their reasoning for putting the strap on said, but mm, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's just going to have to take a little bit more of me watching like Nitro. And was WCW Saturday Night still going at this point? I don't think it was, but I feel like Sid as the world champion. I don't know. I feel like it was just a rebound decision. And I can't exactly put my finger on it, but him as the world champion... Like I said, I don't hate it, but it's just like, eh. It's like that one meme where the building is on fire and it's just that one dog that's just sitting around and he's just like, this is fine. I feel like this accurately describes WCW at this point in time. Like It was just an absolute clusterfuck and there was just fires going on everywhere in the company and everybody in the management committee was just like, you know what? This is fine. We're going to put the belt on Sid. This works. There comes a point where Sid choke slams one of the Harris boys. Funk is on the outside pulling the padding up because fuck it, he's middle aged and crazy and he just does what he wants. Sid, it almost looked like he hit a Cobra clutch choke slam. Maybe I was just being delusional again. I don't know. Tends to happen. But it, if you remember a couple of years ago, <laughs> Another blue moon ago, whenever Big Show was doing that Cobra Clutch move where he would lock you in and then he'd just pick you up and then drop your ass across his knee. It kind of looked like that, but instead of just dropping him across his knee, he just dropped him in a chokeslam-like manner. So Funk grabs the other Harris brother on the outside. Pyle drives him on the exposed floor. And then back in the ring, the other hits Sid with a low blow because what are rules? Funk grabs a table. What are rules? <laughs> I'm going back through my notes now. Like, what are the rules? The referee literally just said, I do not care. Just get me out of here. Jeff says, how illegal is this? This ain't no damn hardcore match. Well, sir, chairs, low blows, all of that would disagree with you, apparently. Funk sets up the table. He bridges it from the apron to the guardrail, and then he sets one of the Harris brothers on it. And then he goes up to the second rope like he's going to do a moonsault from it. Sabu in ECW style, it looks like. But Jeff says, mm-hmm, I got a better idea. How about I play a song for you? And then while the referee is distracted, Jeff creeps and crawls his way into the ring, easy E style. And he says, here, let me play a song for you. And then smashes this guitar over the head of Terry Funk, who then falls backwards through the table that was set up. Funk is then rolled back into the ring and then pinned for the three count. Sid apparently chased Jeff Jarrett back up the rampway to the backstage area. Maybe I just wasn't seeing that because I was just losing my fucking marbles because this match was just head over heels, just shit happening. But I'm here for it. I fucking love this. This was wild. Give me more matches like this. Give me the absolute anarchy. Give me that chaos. That is why I started this podcast because usually... Anybody else, you know, they might say, hey, this wrestling at this point in time, Thunder, WCW in general, hot garbage. Was it? Maybe. Was it the greatest that it was before? Or was it as great as it was before? Absolutely not. Not even kind of close. The booking was just. Well. Anyway. It was a fun-ass time. 
And even though this match kind of felt meh, you know, it, it wasn't my favorite. And I do like the other matches more than I like this one. This one, kind of similar to just the entirety of that first episode that we did. It's just chaos. And it's just random shit happening. We got rules that are just thrown out the fucking window because we do not care about rules here. And if you think we're going to abide by them, fuck you. We don't do rules here. We make the rules up as we go. And quite frankly, if that's WCW style, WCW should have won the war. But nevertheless, I'm sorry, I went on a little bit of a rant right there. <laughs> I'm still trying to get used to this, but hey, this is why it is called the Wrestle Ramble, folks. I can just go off on a ramble at any point in time. Just go off on a tangent. And yeah, hey, look, I'm working on it. Sometimes... I might lose my step. I might lose my footing a little bit. But eventually, I'll wrap it back around and come back home. So, they say Sid chases Double J back up the rampway. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't fucking know. I was just on cloud nine from this matchup because, whoo! If, if this is any indication of what we might be able to expect going forward, man. So Sid heads to the back in pursuit of Jeff Jarrett. And on commentary, they say the illegal man was in the ring. So none of this even mattered anyway. <laughs> none of this mattered because the wrong man was in the ring. Ric Flair is on one backstage talking through a doorway to TP and Elizabeth. He says Hogan will be at Nitro and he'll be there to, to show how the company makes a bigger deal of Hulk Hogan than someone like the Nature Boy or the Total Package. He's like, we are the lifeblood. We are the cornerstones of WCW. And why is Ric Flair, or why is, not Ric Flair, why is Hulk Hogan getting all this love, getting all of this star shine from WCW all, all of a sudden? What about us? What about the homegrown folks? What about the homegrown talent? The people that made this company what it is. Luger has been breaking arms apparently for shits and giggles. First on an unconscious Brian Knobs on Nitro back on January 31st. And then on Jimmy Hart on February 7th. So this past Monday night on Nitro. Luger and company make their way out to the ring. He has a chair that has the logo of Sting on one side and then Hulk Hogan on the other. He cuts a promo and he really doesn't say much, honestly. He says, I know y'all want to see me pose, but look here. Look, listen, there's some schneerious business to be dealt with at hand. OK, he says, Hogan, watch my next match with Finley. And then they say the total package and Flair will bond on monday quote unquote that sounds weird as fuck man don't say that finley targets the arm of the total package in the early going this match honestly was another case of being just so short here's what happens here's what happens so not not much really goes on in the match okay but finley hits the ropes and then Liz on the outside hits his leg with a baseball bat. Luger then is handed the bat from Liz and he just starts wearing out Finley. He puts his arm in the chair and then stomps on it. Knobs then heads down to the ring and then he grabs his arm. Finley at this point is on the outside trying to make his way back up the rampway, but Knobs thwarts him grabs him by the arm and then smashes that arm that luger just stepped on on the apron back from commercial now mean gene interviews idol and lane and at first i was like whomst the hell are you and apparently this is just standards and practices they say we don't have any fancy attire or any fancy music or any fancy pyro and he says, we don't even have a Nizam. And I say, Nizam? Don't 
to ever say that again. He says, the office thought of some stupid gimmick, but we axed that. And now we're taking the belts from the Italian mob tonight. Next up, the Italian mob is here. And there's a sneak attack on the champs by definitely not standards and practices. They attack them while they're making their entrance. They head inside. They take it to Vito in the corner, delivering a couple shots to him. They send him out to the buckle. Idol hits a running elbow. And then he drops down on all fours. Poetry in motion style, kind of, like how Matt and Jeff does. So then Lane comes flying, jumps off of his back, literally overshoots him. He had so much momentum. I don't even know if he was kind of going for like a leg drop or just like a side hip attack. He was going for something. But he came shooting in with so much momentum. He literally overshoots Vito takes out the cameraman who's on his little podium right there by the corner. And then he lands on the outside, but he lands on his feet. Impressive, but sheesh. That boy hit G-Force coming in, apparently. Did the bell ever ring? Was I tripping? Because I, I don't think I heard a bell. Miss Hancock now comes down. She lets her hair down. And she said, whoa, look at me. I'm schmexy. She puts a paper on the, the commentary desk and then just walks away. Okay. Idol, in case I didn't mention their name, their names are Idol and Lane. Idol DDT Johnny. Disco fever. Yanks Idol out by the leg and then tries to get a shot in on him. But Idol counters and then delivers a shot on him dropping inferno in the process back inside now johnny and lane go flying over the top rope Vito whips idol into the ropes idol ducks underneath the clothesline and then as he's going to run off the ropes he runs into disco inferno who's trying to get onto the apron but he knocks inferno off he stumbles and turns around into an execution from Vito, and then the Italian mob retain the World Tag Team Championships. Daphne and Crowbar then come out, and they're being weird at the top of the ramp. Inferno is facing the ring. Crowbar blasts him in the back with the pipe that he had earlier, and then Daphne steals the World Tag Team Championships. We're then shown Jeff and the Harris boys backstage. Back from commercial now, we're shown the Jeff versus Hall graphics again. Mean Gene is then shown interviewing Ernest the Cat Miller. And he says, you know, you said that James Brown was going to be here tonight. And well, I don't see any James Brown. The cat says, look, man, we got a lot of stuff that we're working on. You know, He's just busy. You know, it's a lot of good stuff that we're working on. But no matter, you know, he's not here tonight on Thunder. But rest assured, James Brown will be here on Nitro. Mean Gene then says, thank goodness you don't sell used cars. And then without missing a beat, the cat says, well, yeah, I could sell my foot in your ass. though." <laughs> and then they both break character. <laughs> it was a really good short segment. I like that. May not necessarily be the biggest fan of the cat, but just that interaction that they had and how he was just quickly able to just bounce right back off of Mean Gene. I really like that. That was really good. Then coming back from commercial, Mean Gene introduces the nature boy, Ric Flair, 14-time at this point in time world champion Ric Flair, by the way. Woo! In my notes, I say Flair does Flair things, and quite frankly, that is the most on-par thing for this promo here. Ric Flair is in such Ric Flair form here. It is so crazy. This man is zooted off of one. He says something about a magazine and top wrestlers of the century and how it has the Briscoes. It has the Funks. It has the Harley Races, the Luthes. And it says it has him as number two and Hulk Hogan as number one. 
cap. Absolutely cap. He drops an elbow on it and stomps it. And he says he'll tear Hogan apart on Nitro. And then he'll move on to that cowboy asshole, (laughs) Terry Funk at Super Bowl. So then Dustin Rhodes comes out. Of all the people to come out, Dustin Rhodes really was nowhere near on my list. He says it's sickening how Flair has just abandoned David and how he could just allow what happened to David on Monday Nitro to just happen and then just be okay with it. He says David is more man than Rick will ever be. And he says he's here to do what he should have done with his dad a long time ago and give him an ass-whooping cowboy Texas style. Flair says, I'm out here talking about Hogan. I'm talking about Funk. I'm talking about your dad. We made music in this ring, me and your dad. Whoopst in the hell are you, you jabroni nobody, to come out here and talk to the nature boy like that? You are nobody. He literally said, he's just like, you're just a bitch. And then they start to go at it. And this is just a match now. Apparently. Dustin takes Flair down with, with a clothesline, but Flair brings the ref down with him for fuck's sake. No more with the referee. The ref goes down. Dustin hits a bulldog, but of course there's no referee. He does the count himself, and then for a split second, some music starts to play. Flair hits a low blow, and then he goes for a knee drop on a down Dustin, but Dustin actually gets the block up. He grabs a hold of the Nature Boy, and then locks in a figure four of his own. Ref is still down, by the way. Flair then uses his Rolex to punch Dustin Flair, or Dustin Flair, to punch Dustin Rhodes in the face and then get the win. So this, I don't even know what to make of this, honestly. Did we really have to have this match? Was this necessary? Talk about unnecessary. Next shot, Terry Funk is making his way down to the ring. So much interference, so much people coming down, just like, oh my god, okay. So Funk comes down, and then, as if that's not enough, Luger comes down with a bat, so now just everybody and their mother is out here. He attacks Funk, he racks Funk, and then security comes in to break everything up. Next up, apparently, is Jeff Jarrett versus Scott Hall. So it's main event time. And we're, we're shown Kevin Nash ordering sashimi. <laughs> I guess, man. Literally, next up in my notes, it says, This episode feels like a fever dream. And I swear to the almighty Optimus Prime, that is the best way to describe this. So Jeff comes out next. And then followed by Scott Hall. And apparently there's almost seven, eight minutes of this show left. And so I really don't expect too much to go on. Hall is in control in the early going. The Harris boys get on the apron, so more interference. Scott says, sock it. Jeff tries to creep and crawl in once again, Easy E style, but fails. He gets caught with a couple of shots from Scott Hall. Hall goes for the edge, but he gets dumped over the top rope. The Harris boys then once again intervene through the match. They intervene throughout the match. Let's just call it what it is. They intervene throughout the match. Jeff locks in a sleeper hold at one point, and I literally just have the yawning emoji (laughs) next to it. (laughs) At this point, I was just like, you know... This show feels like it's been going on for so much longer than what it actually has been. And that is really not a good thing. Hall fights back with the rallying of the crowd. He hits a backdrop suplex to break the sleeper. 
I know that referee from somewhere. Mickey Henson, I think his name was. I don't remember where I know him from. Was he a referee in TNA, I want to say? I don't exactly remember, but I know him from somewhere. Hall hits a fallaway slam and then signals for the Razor's Edge, or the Outsider's Edge, call it what you will. The ref then goes down. <sighs> Again. For fuck's sake. At this point, I'm annoyed with the amount of times that the referee has gone down, and I'm annoyed with the amount of interference that I've seen in these matches throughout the night. So Hall has him pinned, and he goes to check on the ref, but Jeff then gets up, he turns him around, hits the stroke, and then Slick Johnson comes running down to do the three count, and then Jeff just wins? So then the original ref gets up and says, fuck that. We're keeping this match going. We're not ending it like that. So the match restarts. Hall catches Jeff with a few rights. One of the Har- one of the Harris boys gets on the apron. Again. Hall takes him down. Again. <laughs> Jeff goes to the opposite side and he gets a microphone from the other Harris brother. And then he hits Hall in the face with it. He goes into the pinfall attempt, but he only gets a two count. Harris then gets on the apron again to hold Hall up, but then Jeff goes for a shot. Hall gets out of the way, and Jeff is able to stop himself. Scott Hall then delivers shots on both of them. Jeff tried to use the belt, but Scott Hall saw it coming, and then he actually uses the belt himself. Mickey then gets pulled out by Slick Johnson, Because apparently Slick Johnson is in Jeff Jarrett's back pocket. Sid then comes down to the ring and stands behind Slick, who then eventually realizes he's standing behind him. And he's like, ew, And then he runs into the ring, only to get caught by Scott Hall, who then picks his ass up and drops him with the razor's edge. However, however, at this same time, Sid gets in the ring and he's going after Jeff Jarrett. So he walks over to Jeff Jarrett and then he picks him up and then they both pick up their respective man at the same time. Scott Hall outsiders edges the referee and then Sid just power bombs Jeff Jarrett. The bell is going. And so they're saying on commentary, who's going to face Sid for the world championship at Super Bowl? That's a good question. Because if you wanted any answer as to who the number one contender was, fuck you. Watch Nitro. You want a winner? You want to know who's the number one contender? You want a decisive answer, a definitive answer as to who is going to be facing Sid for the top prize in our company? Fuck you. Watch Nitro. So, whew. Another Thunder episode in the books. A lot happened here. A lot happened here. There was a lot to break down. Good God. This show honestly felt long as fuck. And I felt that pretty much from the half hour mark. And you never want your shows to run or at least feel like they're running so long. Because the show really wasn't long. It was only about an hour, 26 minutes or so. So it wasn't really too long. It was in the grand scheme. It was a two hour show. But I felt like I was watching a three hour show it felt long and I feel like a lot needed to be cut out and just so much was happening so much interference and really it kind of felt like modern day WWE I was like damn can we have a clean finish to the matches or at least chill on the run-ins There doesn't always have to be some convoluted reason why somebody loses. It's perfectly okay for somebody to just lose. There doesn't always have to be, oh, let's make it so this is the reason why this happens. And so he has this reason to be mad about this. And we can intertwine this with this storyline. It's just like, okay, okay, okay. Hold on. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. So let's... Let's maybe dial it down a little bit. 
on just the interference or like the run-ins. I enjoy the chaos, don't get me wrong, but sheesh, maybe let's just tone that down a bit. Aside from that, honestly, I actually really had fun with this one. Same as all the other episodes that we've done so far. I've had a lot of fun with these episodes that I've done. You know, I don't particularly dislike any of them. I think some are better than others, but just because I'm the type of person that enjoys watching that chaotic wrestling, I really like all of the episodes so far. And so, dive back a little bit, like I said, on like the run-ins and and the interference. And aside from that, you had pretty much uh, a solid show. Maybe not do the 2.5 second matches or just flat out not do the Stevie versus Booker match. And since they didn't do that on Thunder, run that back on Nitro or run it for the pay-per-view or hell, just do it on Thunder. There was no reason not to. You don't have to put all your eggs in one basket and have everything conclude and culminate at the pay-per-view. And you don't always have to have those big-time storylines on Nitro. And yeah, they're incorporating it here too. But I feel like they took that match, like that Booker-Stevie match specifically, I feel like they were like, you know, we can do this, but let's do this on a bigger stage and on a stage that we know that the audience 100% will watch. So let's do it on a Nitro or a pay-per-view or something. And you didn't really have to do that. And the impromptu match with David or not David, with Ric Flair and Dustin. If you're going to do that, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. But maybe do that with somebody like Arn Anderson. I don't know. Dustin, Dustin Rose, can't say he would have been my first pick, but I understand their reasoning behind wanting to do it. Nevertheless, with all that being said and done, that is going to wrap up this episode of the Wrestle Ramble podcast. A lot of good stuff in this episode. I'm sure we are just going to have the absolute most fun time going forward with these Thunder episodes. And I really might consider doing Nitro because of all of this wacky nonsense that's been going on on Thunder. You know what? I might have to double up on it. I might have to double up and see what exactly World Championship Wrestling was completely cooking with in 2000 because I really just had a fun time just sitting here and, and writing these notes. And that's that's the joy of doing this podcast. It's just me watching something that I already love, taking notes for it, and then I get to come on here and talk about it and just e- express and, and discuss those fun moments and the not so fun moments in some of these shows so i might have to double up i really might have to i might have to we will see what happens with that but i have a lot of things that's going on right now a lot of things on the creative side that i'm getting things worked out i actually have a discord server for the community that i'm working on getting set up and i've finally come up with logos i have a name for the community i have a name for the server the server itself is actually called dimension x leading into my online name my creative name and there's just so much special meaning behind everything that i've been doing here recently and i've been having a lot of fun with it and everything that you guys do whether it just is listening to the podcast or watching my videos on YouTube. I greatly appreciate you. And I want to say thank you so much for giving me the chance and really just coming along with me and following along in my journey. And I've been having a lot of fun setting everything up, but I'm just still going on a tangent. And I said this earlier, ladies and gents, that's why this is called the wrestle ramble. I tend to ramble sometimes. We get a little bit off topic I, I tend to stray a little bit because there's so much that i want to talk with you guys about and just discuss and i could sit here for quite a while and just go into details about 
everything that I'm doing because I've had so much fun and just getting everything together and really seeing how everything is coming together and just having so much excitement about wanting to work on it and having so much excitement about the the potentials that that that's in the future you know i'm i'm working with with these energy companies doing work with dubby doing work with glitch and thank you guys once again so much for giving me the opportunity and and working with me and i hope to do you guys proud especially going into the new year and we have so much that we want to work on i'm working on steam deck stuff i'm working on mobile videos i have those grand theft auto videos are so much fun man so much fun i'm gonna be recording more of that later on this week i have this podcast here that i'm working on the logos and everything i said that I'm, i'm working on i'm getting that discord server up and running getting that exactly the way that i want it and i want to have that really refined before i put that out there to the public and really start wanting the community to to grow but it's been so much fun and i'm so excited going forward 2024 is going to be our year there's so much going on website is getting launched we got sponsors we got the podcast we got the youtube videos going up so ladies and gentlemen if you would like to be a part of this beautiful community that is growing. We have so much that's going on. We're in there, baby. We are in the trenches. We are getting things done. We have so much just beautifulness. That's not even a word, but it's a word now. So much that is going on, and I am so excited, and it's, ah, I'm ready. I'm ready. So ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to join the community, If you would like to join Delta 131, go ahead, hit that subscribe, join us, follow us on your podcasting app of choice. And if we're not available where you get your podcast, let me know and I will get that uploaded ASAP. If you want to connect with me, the best place to do that might be on Discord. My name is CyberAngelusX, but if you want to connect with me, on any other platforms, I have a link in the description down below leading to the YouTube channel, to the socials. I have a Patreon that I'm setting up just in case anybody is feeling nice and wants to help with the production of the show and just everything that we have going on on the back end over here. But I have going on so long. I am so sorry. I will end this now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to join the community, join us. Subscribe, follow us on our podcasting app, on your podcasting app of choice. That's how I know I have to finish because I'm starting to mess up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. It has been so much fun. 2024 is our year. We got a a lot of good things going. I am so excited. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And this has been the Wrestle Ramble Podcast.